Welcome to Faith, Fitness, and Self-Discovery, where I know just how grueling it's been trying to balance your physical, spiritual, and mental health. I'm your host, Precious Williams, and I invite you to my podcast where you can expect a total mind makeover. I'm talking about a shift in the way that you see, think, and do fitness forever. So come journey with me as we discover your fitness identity. Welcome to Faith, Fitness, and Self-Discovery. I'm your host, Precious Williams. If this is your first time clicking the podcast, it's not by accident, but by divine purpose. Because I bet you are just sick of not taking your health seriously. And well, we were too. And that's why for 30 weeks, we have learned strategies to prepare our mind to reach our wellness goals. We do this a few different ways. One, we focus way less on the number on the scale. Because we understand that by addressing our mental and emotional weight, we can handle the physical weight. And we also focus less on the dieting and the exercise because we know that we will truly transform once we see our temple as a clean place for the Holy Spirit to rest, rule, and abide. I'm super excited about today's episode because I have the first male as a guest on our podcast. That's right. And it is my husband, and I'm so excited that he took the time to speak with us today, ladies. I know a lot of you have asked me questions about how we do it in our household. I know you want to know holistically what the mindset is like because a lot of you have challenges with convincing your families to do it differently. And so today, my husband's here, and look, I did have to convince him to be on this podcast, y'all. Y'all know he's busy. He's taking his rest real serious right now, trying to lead a church through a pandemic. And so I had to record that thing when we woke up in the morning. So you'll hear my voice a little bit. I had to catch him when he was ready to record, but you're really going to be blessed by this episode. And to celebrate my 30th episode, my babe has sponsored this podcast. This episode is sponsored by the 40-Day Financial Fast. My husband, D.L. Williams, is the author of this phenomenal piece of literature. It's a paradigm shift towards financial freedom. And as we become more fit with our diet and exercise and mentally and emotionally, right, we also know that becoming more fit financially is a part of that because we're trying to learn discipline in all areas. So if you're having problems managing your money and you're often discouraged about the condition of your finances, this book is for you. And let me tell you, my church has done the financial fast for the past few years. It has been such a blessing to my life. It's been a blessing to the members' lives as well. And it's changed the trajectory of families, right? Because it has taught us new ways to think about our money. A lot of us are not ready to start with investing in some of those scary principles uh, that can seem a bit intimidated if we don't have the basic financial IQ. But this book, I promise you, is for everyone. It's for the college student. It is for you if you just need to get a basic understanding of your money. And the thing that I learned about it is that foundational principle that you will be able to determine the difference between a need and a want. So I want you guys to blow his mind because the nuggets that he shared with us 
and the time that he's taken out to be on this podcast. I'm so grateful for. Blow his mind and go ahead and go to Amazon and get the 40-Day Financial Fast by D.L. Williams. I hope that you enjoy the episode and I'll check back after you listen. What's up, y'all? Today, I have a special guest. I had to beg him to be on the podcast, (laughs) but it is my husband. This is super exciting and important to me because he is the first male to ever grace my podcast. Oh, I'm history. You are making history. Uh, Okay, okay. Yes, and thank you for sponsoring this episode. That was super sexy. I just want to go ahead and put that out there, too. I did. (laughs) I sponsored this How much money I spent? (laughs) Lots. (laughs) Lots. And more to come. And so today I wanted to have you on the episode, babe, because it's my 30th episode. I'm super excited about that. Oh, happy birthday. (laughs) 30 years old now. Okay. Yes. Thank you. Because you have watched this from the beginning. I I watched it from birth. I mean, I remember when you were pregnant with this in in our bathtub. (laughs) I mean, and you were in the tub for hours. You know, we have like a little jacuzzi bathtub in our in our bedroom. So uh, she was in, I thought she was just relaxing. And she had the doors closed. And then she comes out the bathroom with this notepad of <laughs> all these ideas. And she was just like super excited. And so I watched it from that moment, you know, and, and it got bigger and bigger. I remember you was afraid to even get on the radio with me. And it went from you being on the radio to you doing the podcast, and now you're 30 years old. So, I, I mean, I'm so proud of you. I just met one of your um, your Faith Fitness and Self Discovery members today yeah. out in the street in the community, See? and they was like, "I follow your wife." She changed. I was like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> Congratulations! <laughs> like, my wife is a whole celebrity out here, changing <laughs> the women's lives. Oh man, I appreciate you, and thank you for saying that because they they only seen it from the outside in, and I try to explain to them uh, the process from the inside out and how organic it was. They and how- will never be able to understand it. <laughs> they will never, I've seen my wife record for you guys inside of a closet. My wife has sat in the closet on the floor like a kid record talking life to you all. I've seen her get in the car early in the morning and record inside of the car. I mean, and now you're just I mean, you're you're doing big, man. So I'm I'm a, I'm proud of you. I'm happy for you. Thank you so much. Thank you. So I wanted to have you on today, honey, because people are constantly asking some questions that I think the two of us would be best to bring clarity to. Some of those questions are things like what do we eat? How did I get started on the journey? Um, How do we incorporate our kids into, you know, this lifestyle? And oftentimes, I think the simple explanation that I give to some of these questions, maybe is too simplistic for um, some of the listeners to really fully grasp the concept. And so I wanted to have you on today, babe, because you have taught me a lot about wellness, Honestly, you know, whether it's through our dialogue or just me watching you, um, my husband does have a athletic background. He played collegiate sports. And so he came naturally with a a lot of knowledge in regard to nutrition. But you and I, uh, over the years of being together, 
We have connected during our fitness journeys. We've done our own thing during our fitness journeys. We've had seasons where we fall off together (laughs) and just kind of relax. And even this last transformation where, babe, you've watched my, I feel like a new person, like a whole different person, you know, Uh, and just being a couple, as I talk about this, all of the different stages that we have witnessed each other go through, Mm -hmm. You know, um, and so you and I were having dialogue before, and I wanted you to bring to the podcast how you talked about um, your experience with taking care of yourself in terms of going to the doctor and all of the things that you've learned, um, I think would be great for the audience to hear. Well, I I think it, it, it all begins with having a motivation. Um, you, you have to have some type of internal motivation that persuades you to manage your body and to 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 take care of of your life that's what you're taking care of you're taking care of your life you know you're taking care of your body and so whatever that motivation is you know i think you call it your fitness identity something like your fitness identity uh you you have to have a, a particular motivation whatever that motivation is um it has to push you to 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 take care optimally of, of your health. So when I was younger, that motivation was sports performance. Um, I wanted to be faster. I wanted to be stronger. These were the reasons I, you know, drunk milk. I, I remember telling you how uh, there were always advertisements about how milk does your body good. Mm-hmm. And they'll show an advertisement of a little scrawny, you know, white kid. And then the next picture would be this buff, big bodybuilder. And so that imagery became a part of my motivation because I wanted to put on more weight because I wanted to be good in sports. Um, and so things that I learned that, that helped me to do that became things that I incorporated into my diet as a kid. Mm-hmm. And things that I found out got in the way of that were things that I began to eliminate from my diet. So drinking soda and things of that nature because they said soda give you cramps, you know, when you're trying to be out there on the field performing. Um, you know, eating more bananas. Bananas will keep you from getting cramps. You don't want to be in a game and get a cramp in your leg. It can't be on the field playing. Mm-hmm. And so I began to put di- uh, bananas regular into my diet. Like, this, these are things I'm doing as a kid mm-hmm. because I had a motivation. Yes. And that type, that level of motivation carried on uh, and evolved as I got older. When I got into high school, I remember telling my, my grandmother uh, to bake me chicken and don't fry me chicken because I didn't want to eat a lot of fried food. Again, I had a motivation. When I went to college, it was the same thing. So my, my diet became balanced and became just a, a natural, healthy diet because I had a, a, an, an internal motivation to do it. Now, that I'm out of sports, I had to get a new motivation. I can't I can't eat healthy now because I want to I want to run fast. I want to be strong. I want to lift more weight. Mm-hmm. You know, now it became I want to take care of my body because I don't want the same health issues that I know a lot of my people in my family, a lot of people in my family have. Mm-hmm. So that became now uh, a motivation. Uh, I, I, I not only continued to do what I learned in, 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 in college and high school, but I began to learn some new things because 
diabetes runs rapid in my family. My motivation was, I don't want diabetes. I see what it does. I see I see the type of lifestyle you have to live. I see you have to inject in your stomach, you know, needles and all. I don't like needles. Mm-hmm. So that became my, my motivation. Same, same thing with hypertension. When I learned what are the things that lead to hypertension, I began to eliminate it. You know, I stopped buying salt. You know, you've been with me a long time. Mm-hmm. You ain't never seen salt in my pantry. Right. That there, there are just some things. Once I learn it and I know it, I incorporate it mm-hmm. immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing with with milk. I used to love milk, uh, drinking it all the time. But it got to when I got thirty, I began to develop uh, um, body body uh, issues. Uh, internal body issues from drinking milk. I became lactose intolerant Mm -hmm. and I couldn't tolerate the gas. Right. And so because I discovered how this affected my body, I stopped drinking whole milk. I went to almond milk. And as long as you've been knowing me, I've been drinking almond milk Mm -hmm. uh, because I know how that impacts my body. Now I'm at the age where I have a new motivation. My new motivation is... Uh, not only do I, I want to be healthy, but I want to live long, and I want I want I don't I don't want. My doctor told me one time. He said you don't want to you want to live where it's a slow crash down. He said everybody's gonna die. He said, but when you die, you want to die right. Mm. And I said, what do you mean die right, doc? He said, you just want to die. You you just want to have a healthy life Monday, and just die on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. He said, "People who, you know, they they get sixty five, and then they get sick, and they are sick for ten years." That's what we mean when we say vitality, right? We, that, that's what I'm talking about. Vitality. He said, they "Get sick for ten, twelve years, and they have these health issues for seventeen, you know, and and you go to their funerals like now they don't have to suffer no more. How many funerals have you been to? That's so good. And, and you've heard people say now they don't have to suffer anymore." And when he told me that, again, it's about what you know. When you know something, you begin to incorporate it. When he told me that, it changed my life. Mm-hmm. It changed where I saw how I want to live and how and how I wanted to die. It gives you a sense of control. Right. You know, because that... You can't control it. But, again, you are aware mm-hmm. of how I want to live mm-hmm. and how I want to die. Yeah, that's the part that it gives you control over. Mm-hmm. Because if you surrender to the idea that we all die, we get a choice about how we choose to live until we right, die, right? Right. Yeah, and that's the part I'm 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 referring to. But I want to go back and pin something that you said when you talked about your motivation. And it's great having this conversation. Again, you're the first male on the podcast. Mm-hmm. But as women, we don't get to hear really the other side of this. And I don't know if men get to hear the other side. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is our motivation as women from the time we are little girls is always to look a certain way. And I hear you saying, you know, yours also was to look a certain way because you play sports, you mm-hmm. know, it's to perform a certain way. Right. But for girls, <clears throat> it's, we never lose that. We, did, we didn't lose it at 13. We don't lose it at 20. We don't lose it at 30, 40, 50. It's like it's always there um, that we should be striving to have the perfect body in some form. Right. And even when we get to a stage in our lives where mentally we can embrace, hey, this is who I am, there is still this nagging that we aren't the standard. 
and it's just these constant reminders. And so I just really wanted to pin that. Um, and I wanted to piggyback on what you said about the importance of changing your motivation. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that a lot of us as women, we don't change our motivation. And it is such a shame to stay in a state of mind all your life where you're disliking your body. <laughs> you know, you don't take care of your body because it'll never look the way that you want it to look. Mm-hmm. Um, because life is about so much more than that. Mm-hmm. And so I love how you went through the different stages of the motivation and even capped it off with giving us power in how we choose to live. Right, you, right. You know? Well, I think that, you know, and, and when I say this, a lot of women are not going to like this, uh, but it's the truth. When you talked about, uh, you know, women growing up and having this 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 motivation to look, you know, to take care of the body, to look good for other people, look good for men. Um, women who are still dealing with that, it is because they are they are immature, when it become when it comes to self awareness, and when it become, when it comes to their own motivation, uh, there's nothing wrong with starting out like that, because mm-hmm. as as a boy, I started out only wanting to take care of my body because of performance, mm-hmm. and men evolve when they don't when they don't mature out of that 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 mentality. Now they are grown men still trying to mature uh, still trying to perform, mm-hmm. and that's immature. You're immature as a man when you're doing things just for the sake of performing well um, and not existing well. That's so good. And the same thing with women. When you have that as a girl, there's nothing wrong with that. That's a part of growing up and maturing. But when you when you still are trying to do things because you want to look good, you're, now you're immature. Mm-hmm. Now, now, now because your motivation hasn't evolved. As women, as grown women, you got to have a a, a different motivation now. Mm-hmm. You you got to want to take care of your body, not because you want to look like a snack, not because you want to look good, not because you want to be the finest thing on your job. No, you want to take care of your body because I want to be able to be a wise great-great-grandmother for my great-great-grandkids. Absolutely. I, I, I want to be able to go to all of my kids, my grandkids' graduation. I want to be able to build this legacy. I want to be able to reach more goals. I have, I have a member of, of my church. Uh, who gave me a book today, and it had her name on it. And she's like, I want to say she's like maybe in her, her eight, I think when she's like 80 now, uh, but she gave me a book, and I thought it was just a, a, a regular book, but it had her name on it, and come to find out, she just wrote this book. Wow. It's a new book that she just wrote. Wow. And this is what I'm talking about about having a different motivation, making your life count. Here she is, well up in age, and she still has her vitality. She's driving herself around. She takes care of herself, and she's still accomplishing things. These are the reasons you want to take care of your body now. Pushing our intellectual property. Intellectual property, you know, and she's still producing. You That's your motivation. Your motivation wants to be, when I get 80, I want to still be producing. And the Bible says that. Right. It does. It does. It does talk about that. It does talk about that. And because I mean, look at Moses. Moses was eighty years old, leading a whole nation of people fruitful to the promised land. We talked about Joe Biden, the mm-hmm. oldest president. Here, this man is seventy-seven, running six, down the si- ramp, sitting sitting around in his house, telling his wife, 
I think I'm going to run for president, babe. Literally run. At 77 years old. And literally, this man ran across the stage. <laughs> when, when, when other people are 77, are planning their death. They don't want to talk about life. Their, their attitude is, I don't know if I'm going to be here next week. I don't want to talk about I don't Jesus. know what. I don't know what I'm doing next weekend. I might not be alive. That's what you hear from people like that. Mm. But this man is 77 years old saying, I think I want to be the most powerful person in the world. I think I'm going to run for that position. What? At 77? And I'm going to literally run. Because he has vitality. And, and that's what I meant about, you know, uh, making a decision on how I want to live and how I want to, to die. Uh, but it comes from evolving, maturing in my motivation. So men and women have to do this. You know, I think we, we talked before, what is your why? What what what's your why? Um, but we get to this point of what well, we evolved and why how we want to take care of our body, why what what is our what are our motivations? Uh, and to do that, you have to enhance your fitness IQ or your your body IQ. Mm. What are things that your body responds to? What's good for your body? Whether I like it or not. What's good for my body? Your body. Yeah, for my for my body. Okay, mm-hmm. I know these certain foods do this to my body. I know this amount of this food does this to my body. You've got to know that. It's your body. You have to know that. And the way you know what's going on in your body is you have to get your blood drawn. Mm. You have to get your blood drawn. And again, I'm talking about how I evolved to where I am and take care of my body. Because when I started doing things like getting my blood drawn, I could see that the doctor could look at every single thing about my body. I'm talking about things I can't even pronounce. And I'm asking the doctor, well, doc, what, what does this mean? What does this do? How does this affect my body? Where's this at? I don't know these things. He's the doctor. Mm-hmm. He's on my team. He, he's on my team. He's on the team of my life. That's so good. He's going to school to be able to help me process and understand what's going on with my body. And can you stay there for a second, babe? Because I, I feel like someone really needs to hear he's on my team. The doctor is not our enemy. The doctor's on your team. The doctor's on your team. But we, we're so reactive. We're not proactive. We don't see what's a resource to us. We don't go and check on anything or you know, see what's going on until it's until we have to. Well, well let me say it like this. Uh, one of my professors in seminary school said this, and I never forgot it. He said, you will never be successful as an island. Mm. You, you got to be connected to, to, to other people. He said, the most powerful uh, nations in the world are connected to somebody else. They, they got other people on their team. And so when it comes to your life, your life has to be the same way. You need teachers on your team. Absolutely. You need bankers on your team. You need uh, doctors on your team. You need counselors on your team. You need therapists on your team. You need a dentist on your team. You need all these people. When, when, when something's wrong with your home, uh, uh, you need an electrician to call. You need a plumber to call. You might need a tax advisor. You might need, you a ta- might need an accountant. All these people. You might people. need a coach. Shameless plug. <laughs> All these people are a part of, you might need a financial coach. Shameless plug for 40 days. <laughs> shameless plug. But but all these people are part of your team. 
These are people who in some way specialize in these areas that you, you don't know how to fix your car. So you need a mechanic. Most people take their car to the same shop or the same auto auto place to get their car fixed. You don't know anything about that. These people are on your team. So if you would take your car to one mechanic, why won't you take your body to a doctor? Mm-hmm. The, 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 the Virginia is so smart that they force you to go and get your car checked at least once a year. Mm-hmm. You, you, you have you, to get your, your sticker for your car. You have to take it to the shop because we otherwise would be treating our cars like our bodies. And, and that's and that's you got to and reverse you're putting that other people's lives at risk when you do that. And, and, and you got to reverse that. Mm-hmm. You got to reverse that. Why has somebody got to make this the proper way to take care of your vehicle once a year? You need to take your whether Virginia make you do it or not. It's the proper way to do it. But Virginia don't trust you to do that. So they're saying everything that's going to be on our road is going to be at least uh, uh, diagnosed to be healthy enough to be on the road. Jesus. Because you have to take it to a mechanic to get that inspection, to get your inspection sticker. You have to by law. So why don't you take your body to a doctor once a year to let him draw your blood and, and do a whole panel of what's going on in my body? You need to do that every single year. Because what I like about it is when I get my stuff done, I can compare every year. I can compare from 2008 or 2007 all the way up until and he, the and last And he really does years. that, y'all. No, like he, I do. He really have them charts out. Like I have the app on my phone. It's called My Chart. I can pull it up and look at all because I take care of my body. And what I like about it is for every single thing in your blood, they give you what your number is. And what's the average? What's the average range? Mm-hmm. See, my goal, my motivation, is to live my life within range. Mm. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. I I want to live my life within range. If if my if my bad cholesterol should only be between whatever the range is, let's say eighty and one twenty, then if I'm at seventy five, I need to know. How do I get back in range? What what do I need to eat? What do I need to stop eating? If it's too high, I need to know what's making it high. And the doctor told me one time, you know, um, that my bad cholesterol was almost at stroke level. And that was like years ago. And, and it wasn't because I was eating bad. It was because I was eating too much of something that a low, qu- a low, a low quantity of it is good for you. It was eggs. Mm-hmm. Because eggs was good protein, mm-hmm. but I didn't understand that in the yolk is so much cholesterol in their yolk, and I was eating a lot of shrimp because I had stopped eating bacon. So instead of eating bacon, I was eating shrimp for breakfast. I had shrimp and grits, you know. That was my substitute. All these things led to my cholesterol going up. So when he told me, "Hey man, your cholesterol is almost at stroke level. Like, what are you doing?" I said, "I put, I eat two, I fry two eggs, I." put egg in my smoothie. I put egg in my protein shake after the gym, you know, to get my protein level up. I eat a lot of shrimp. He said, that's killing you. And let's not negate that at that time you thought you were doing the right thing. I thought I was doing the right thing. And so, because, and it scared me. So because it scared me, guess the next thing I did? I said, doc, I need to go see a nutritionist so I can better understand how food is impacting my body. Because I thought I was taking care of my body when in reality, I was killing myself. And I would have had a heart attack and would have would have not known how in the world I have a heart attack because I work out and I eat well. Mm. 
but I was eating way too much of the wrong stuff. I mean, of the right stuff. And so when I go to this nutritionist, the nutrition teaches me about trans fat, saturated fat, what's in this, what's in that. And I learn how to read labels. I learn the importance of reading labels. And I, I put this in my IQ. And so I began to incorporate this to my life. Now I don't buy things in the grocery store that reads a certain way, mm-hmm. that has a certain amount of uh, saturated fat in it. Mm-hmm. Because I know what it did to my body when I got my blood panel read. So now that's all I do. I, I, I use the doctor and his knowledge and his tools and how he can draw my blood and interpret my blood to determine how I need to keep living to live within my range. And if something ever goes too high, I know exactly what I did and what I was doing to make it go high. You're always present. You're always aware of what it is that's happening with your body, which is something that, you know, I try to teach the ladies. And, you know, even with my husband's way of going about it, that's that's still his identity. Honestly, you know, the blood, you, you have to get the blood checked. You have no other way of knowing what's happening inside. Your you life know? is in your, your blood. Your life is in your blood. That's what my husband always said. You know, it's your diagnostic test for your body. And we have to stop, you know, getting to this point where it has to be a mandate that we go in to check on what's going on. You know, going back to the the car, that's ridiculous. I think it's pretty ridiculous that they have to force us to bring our vehicles in. It's for our own safety. It's for the safety of everyone else, (laughs) you know, that operates a vehicle or or that will be on the road. Mm -hmm. And we have to start thinking about our bodies the same way. And I'm going to say something, too. Uh, you know, it, it's not just your life. And, and and I think this is the conversation that we need to have because the heartache that I have to experience losing people that I love or watching people who I love suffer or constantly praying for people who are sick and who are diagnosed, that is traumatizing, mm-hmm. you know, and having someone, you know, leave this earth 20, 30, 40 years sooner than they needed to leave it. And we have to have conversations about, oh, I wish this person could be here to see this, to do this, to do Mm -hmm. that. Like the heartache from that, this is the part we don't think about when we're not taking care of ourselves. But watch this. Do you know know most times why those people aren't here anymore? Because they didn't have the motivation to take care of their bodies. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about people who have died of avoidable you know, diseases. Mm-hmm. Preventable diseases. Preventable, We're going to yeah. call it what it is. 60,000 African-American mm-hmm. um, people are dying from preventable Prevent- diseases. Preventable illnesses and diseases. Pre- pre- preventable e- illnesses and diseases. And we're in the middle of a pandemic. And I can't say this enough. Like, the numbers of, of the lives that are being lost from preventable disease. Do you guys know what preventable diseases are? Diabetes, hypertension, anything food related, a lot of autoimmune diseases. We're checking out of here for <laughs> things that we can just reverse with our diet. But I want to go back to the motivation. Let, let, let me okay. say something very, uh, very shocking. Let, let me help you all really understand what preventable diseases are from a spiritual standpoint. Preventable diseases from a spiritual, a spiritual standpoint are things that you have that you didn't need to have to pray to God for, for God to fix for you. Mm. Mm. Because you could have prevented this yourself. God gave you the ability 
to prevent this yourself. When you go into God and praying about your hypertension and you know you have an unbalanced diet, that is a, that's something that you're praying to God about that you could have prevented. Jesus. Your obesity and the things that come with obesity, when you're praying to God about all these things you're dealing with because you're obese or because you know, you're doing this, you're doing taking all these things, that you're praying to God about something that was preventable. God gave you the power to prevent this yourself. So that's what a preventable disease is on the spiritual side. That's real good. That's real good. And, you know, the truth, the truth honestly should set us free. And and I'm so glad for this platform because it allow us allows us to have these kind of honest and transparent conversations. And these are the conversations that oftentimes people in our family couldn't have with us. One, because they probably didn't know themselves. And two, because you have to confront your own habits. You know, you have to, how can you teach somebody else? Or how can, you know, like we do with our children and we teach them, you know, what's what's healthy and what's not a healthy option or whatever. Mm -hmm. How can you do that when they don't see you living like that? Because one thing about kids, they're going to hold you accountable to what you say. Mm -hmm. You know, you can say things all day long, but it's what you teach them and what you show them. And we haven't had... A lot of people who've had that motivation, uh, like you talked about, it switches from self-motivation, self and superficial motivation to a, to something that's greater than yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm already at the greater than myself at 34. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to be around and be vibrant, have vitality and be able to enjoy my legacy. Right. Like I want to be able to enjoy my legacy, whatever they're doing. I want to be able to do. I want to be the person at the concert with my grandkids. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's just the life that I want to live. And it's that motivation that keeps me present. I, I want I want to be able to dance at 73 years old and embarrass my kids. I want to be able because to do that. Because me and your, your, their mama on the floor dropping it like it's hot at 73. Absolutely. I want, I want to be that couple. Absolutely. That couple that has that vitality because we 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 uh, we stressed the importance of taking care of our bodies and eating well. Mm-hmm. Not eating perfect. Mm-hmm. And I need people to understand that my wife and I don't eat perfect. Mm-mm. You 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 don't do anything perfectly. I don't even know what perfect is. What's a perfect diet? I, I don't I, even know I what don't the know. Per- because it's all about you. It's all about your body. And right. it, but you know, I have to I have to get back to this because this is the this is the piece that we do not want to hear. You have to eat more from God's hand than man's hand. Mm-hmm. This is the equation that I give anybody who's asking me, what are you eating? What do you do? I am always conscious, not obsessive, mm-hmm. but I have a balance throughout the day. That's that, the key. Conscious and not obsessive. Yeah, I don't obsess. I don't. If, if I want chocolate, I want chocolate. But my life is set up in such a way that I'm not wanting and having more chocolate than I'm having more of the stuff that my body needs. And same thing with me. If I want a Pepsi... I'm going to go buy me a Pepsi and I'm never going to feel guilty about that Pepsi because 95% of the time, the only thing I drink is water, natural juice, or ginger tea that I make with, with fresh ginger That's and, and crystal light. Those are the top things that I drink and put in my body. So when I have a crave for a Pepsi or a, a, a margarita or something, I don't feel bad about putting that in my body. When you when you 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 feel bad about the things you put in your body when you know 
You're over consuming. You're, you're over consuming, and and that's that's why I tell people you have to have a a, a better relationship with your body. Your body speaks to you. Mm-hmm. Your body talks to that's you. So good. It's it's not your it's not your your guilty consciousness. No, mm-hmm. it's that it's that part of of, of self awareness in your body that's trying to tell you. You're doing too much. Since you're doing way too much right now. That that bloating that you feel, that's your body talking to you. And, and people mismanage their bodies because they're mismanaging their relationship with their self. And, and I can turn mm. that to a whole, how you going to have a good relationship with another person when you don't even have a good relationship with your own self? Mm-hmm. You don't even listen to yourself when you're constipated. Your body is telling you something is not right. Mm-hmm. And you're not listening to your body. You just keep we keep ignoring our bodies, ignoring our bodies. The headache that you keep getting all the time. That's that's your body's telling you something. And you have to learn to listen to your body and stop ignoring your body. Your knees hurting. That's your body. Joint pain. That's inflammation. Right. Yeah, and you don't want you might not want to hear it. You might not, you know, and some of this stuff is 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 super simple. You know, it's just we we got to start saying what it is. You know, your your joints are going to hurt if you put on an extra 40, 50 pounds. <laughs> if you put on a 100 extra pounds. Like these And, these... and we want to we want to make excuse or or make it everything else but what it is. My knees hurt. I, I need to come out the jaw. They got me standing too long. No. Why 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 you don't ever say my knees hurt. I need to stop eating uh too much of this now because I know this causes inflammation in the body. Mhm. We don't ever want to challenge ourselves to adjust what we're eating as we, uh, to, to, to result in the adverse effects we have in our body because we always just want to eat whatever we want to eat. We don't, so we don't want to make ourselves responsible for changing our diet because we want, we want to be undisciplined in our, body, our bodies and our diets. Mm. You don't want to be challenged. To, to, to eat well because you don't want to you don't you don't want to have a, a restrictive diet you want to be loose with your diet and that's not healthy you you have to have some level of regulation in your diet to maintain your vitality and your health that it, part anything wild has a has a very short life expectancy mm. Anything wild. When your diet is wild, uncontrolled, you're going to have a very short expect. We've been on here for a while. Actually, we haven't. I try to keep the episodes right at, at, at about 30 minutes. Um, but this one is is necessary. And, you know, we'll we'll wrap up here. I think we made a lot of awesome points. Um, and I hope that something that was said today it gives the ladies just a different perspective on how to take care of your body. I made a post on yesterday and I said, you know, our bodies will change when we realize that we're living within it and not apart from it. Mm. And I think, you know, it's wonderful that we have these beautiful souls and our souls are anchored in the Lord, but our bodies should reflect that. Right. Um, because our bodies reflect the discipline that we have with our diets. Our bodies reflect the 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 relationship that we have with self. Mm-hmm. You know, and this is the part that we haven't talked about. And this is why how we manage our emotional weight and our mental weight is so important. Mm-hmm. Because what we're doing in private 
is we're trying to cope with our inability to balance those other areas of our lives. And we're doing it with food, oftentimes with food that God tells us to avoid. It's just as simple as that. You know what I'm saying? It's as simple as that. Um, But we don't get to have these types of conversations. We don't have dialogue. Nobody's talked to us about our blood, checking our blood work, being on the offense, you know, and that sort of thing. There is a lot of trauma that is associated with how we see food. Uh, There is a lot of trauma associated with how we see doctors how we see our own lives. There's this expectation uh, that we are to look at our family tree and our family history and the the longevity in our families. And we're supposed to live a life uh, Mm -hmm. according to what it is that we see. I made another post where I said that, you know, knowing that something runs in your family is to put you on the offense. That is not permission for you to accelerate the deterioration of your life. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I'm a mental health professional, and if bipolar runs in your family, this is for you to live on the offense. That when you start noticing, I'm getting a bit reckless with my finances. I'm getting a bit. Let me let me let me go on check something out and mm-hmm. see what it is that I need to do to get back into balance, to get my thought life healthier. We have to one understand that we did not get all of the tools that we needed as children. Can we just agree on that? Right. Right? And it's nobody's fault, right? It's impossible to know it all, to learn it all, or whatever. We didn't get all of the tools that we needed to get. We need to know that, and we have to accept that. The second thing is we have to do an assessment of our lives. We have to really sit with ourselves and say, you know what, Precious, you're a good person and all that, but you're not good with your finances, sis. Nope, sorry, you are not. You are not killing it in this area, so what are we going to do to help us in this area? Because mm-hmm. now we get back to the team part, right? right? This requires us to be honest with ourselves. But you got to take your ego out of it. I'm not the best at my finances. I need to increase my financial IQ. Why is that something for me to feel bad about? I did not grow up watching people be wonderful with their finances. I didn't grow up in a situation where... People took care of their money or they taught me this is what you do with your paycheck. This is how you save or whatever. Okay, so now I know that this is something I need to add to my team. It is the same thing with most of us when it comes to health and wellness. We have not had models of how we are to take care of our lives. I'm not talking about our body. We got plenty of models out here of going to the gym, getting on a fad diet, waist trainers, all of that. I'm talking about internally. It's an inside out journey. What's happening in there? How do we care for our body on a cellular level? Like, how do we do it? And I don't want anybody to miss what we're saying here today. I hope that you walk away with the power of knowing I got to figure out what's going on with my vehicle. And it, it, it all goes back to what I said earlier, your motivation. Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't good at putting a basketball goal together. But I had the motivation to do it because I wanted my sons to be able to go out in their yard and play basketball. So I watched videos about putting a basketball goal together, and I put it up because I had the motivation. I wasn't good at changing an electrical socket. I had never changed an electrical socket in my life, but I had the motivation. So I went and watched videos and learned about electricity, learned about how to how to change a socket and what to turn off and all. I had the motivation. So don't don't say, well, 
or use that as an excuse. Well, my family didn't teach me how to take care of my body. They didn't teach me about eating. You know, they just put everything on your plate and told, okay, we understand that now. But when you have the right motivation, now you got to start learning and investing into learning how your body works, what this means when I consume these things, what, what I need to incorporate more into. Why do I eat more, need to eat more raspberries? I don't like carrots, but why do I need to eat carrots? These are things that you now become accountable for and responsible for. Stop using that as a crutch about what, you, what runs in your family and, and your family didn't teach you this. No, now you, you are responsible now. You can learn everything else. Some of you all listening have thousands of dollars of, of student loan debt of how you invested your time to learn about a career. Well, invest that same amount of time and energy and motivation to learn about your life, your body. Because anything you want to do in your life starts with taking care of your body. Because mm. if you're dead, you won't be a millionaire. If you're dead, you won't be an a author. Great mom. You won't be a great mom. So everything that you want to do in your life, it starts with taking care of your body. Look, thank you for being on the podcast. Yeah, thank you for inviting me. I didn't want to be on your podcast. Oh, my goodness. I, I had fun. I enjoyed this. You did? We talk so much all the time anyway. so We do talk a yeah. lot. But it's wonderful having you on the podcast. I know that um, people are going to want to get connected with you. And give us your social media. How can we stay connected with you? Well, you changed my title, so I don't. I can't, I can't remember. Bro. No, it's, well, it's Pastor D.L. underscore WMS. That is... That is on Twitter and it's on Instagram and on Facebook. Just uh, search me, D.L. Williams. Okay. And I'm the guy with that book, The 40-Day Financial Fast, in my profile. And you also have another exciting project coming up. Do you do you mind giving us a little bit of information on that? I have a new book coming out uh, called Never Knew Love Like This Before. Um, and I'm going to release that sometime, probably in the first quarter of 2021. Haven't decided on the release date, uh, but that's going to be available on Amazon as well as uh, where the 40 Day Financial Fast is located. So I'm excited about releasing that as well. Look thank at you, you so much. producing in the pandemic. Yeah. Thank you again for joining, and thank you all for listening. I want to say thank you to my husband again because I value his time so much, and so I'm. I'm a huge fan. I'm honored that he took time to be on the podcast. And again, you can support by ordering the 40-Day Financial Fast. It is available on Amazon. But another way that we would love to connect with you is by you joining us for a worship service. Pastor D.L. Williams is the senior pastor of Piney Grove Baptist Church, which is located in Virginia Beach. Right now we are virtual. And so it's a good opportunity for you to see how we do it on a Sunday. So you can find us at Piney Grove Baptist Church on Facebook or PGBCBB on YouTube and Instagram. Again, that is PGBCBB on YouTube or Instagram. We would love to connect with you. Services at 10 a.m. If you're not a member of the Faith, Fitness, and Self-Discovery Community Group, please get in there. We inspire and encourage one another to become the best version of ourselves and to remain true to our goals. Don't be intimidated because everyone in that group is at different stages on their journey. 
Uh, also, if you like this show, please subscribe so you can get weekly notifications. Also, rate and review so you can help other listeners decide if they want to hear a show. Until next time, I want you to remember that true transformation is an inside-out journey. There is no cheat code to health and all that win do it one decision at a time. So if you are waiting for the perfect time to become healthier, the time is now. I have attached a link in the description. That is where you'll be able to connect with the community group. That is where you will also be able to schedule your 15-minute free consult call to see if coaching would be helpful for you. I talk about resources all the time. And I want to go ahead and put it out there because you guys are the FFSD community. You're the first to know about my FIP. My fitness identity plan is coming out for order really, really soon. I have devoted all of 2020 working on this for you guys. And for those of you who are still not sure if you need coaching or not, the FIP is a good resource and tool because it teaches you what I'll be able to teach you in coaching, but you'll be able to do it on your own. And so I cannot wait to start advertising that and offering it to you. Thank you again for listening to the show. And until next time, be blessed.